Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. As a part of this commitment, they've recently transitioned their workshop to 100% green energy, a substantial step in their sustainability journey. While staying devoted to eco-friendly production practices, Yumiko remains passionately focused on connecting and lifting the dance community to promote a more loving and equal world through the power of togetherness. For our listeners in the New York City area, Yumiko's flagship store is currently open with limited hours, or you can always shop online at yumiko.com. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yumiko to participate in their weekly giveaways and to stay updated on all things 2021. This month, join our friends at Final Bow for Yellowface as they host the 10,000 Dreams virtual choreography event, an occasion to celebrate a different choreographer of Asian descent every day of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. This programming is designed to help elevate Asian American choreographic voices and push past the negative racial tropes that have permeated famous ballets in the past. Join co-founder of Final Bow for Yellowface, Phil Chan, as he moderates a panel of esteemed guests on Monday, May 3rd, 2021 at 6 p.m. to discuss this project. You can view this event at yellowface.org or click the link in the description of this episode. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Today, we are joined by our friends, Reed Bartlemy and Harriet Zhang. 
Reed and Harriet are exceptionally talented costume designers working with many of the dance world's most prolific choreographers. This duo comes on the pod this week for their third time to share with us what this past year has been like for them, how they participated in virtual works in the summer of 2020, starting to get back to normal with a commission in Australia last month, and what comes next for them. Listen to our earlier episodes with Reed and Harriet in episodes 21 and 84. Reed and Harriet, we're so excited to have you guys back on the pod. This is the third time we've had you guys on. So oh my God. We, I know. <laughs> I had no idea. We've been on the spot three times. I checked it. We talked <laughs> at the very beginning of our pod with you guys. And right. then we also did a Guggenheim um, episode. Remember, we were at the Guggenheim and yes. we recorded back mm. when we could see people a long time ago. And then now we have you guys here and we want to hear about what you guys have been up to. You've had some really exciting things happening. But let's start kind of like with a catch up. What were Where were you guys going? <laughs> Not going. What were you guys up to right before the pandemic hit? You had some things going on, right? And then I'm sure like everything got derailed. What was what was happening? What were I, I was in, we were, we had a ballet going up for Craig Davidson at Ballet Idaho and a, a, a work that a, like an older Lar Lubavitch work that we had designed was being licensed there. So it was like a two for one. Uh-huh. And um, I went out to Idaho because my friends, Garrett and Courtney run the company there now. And we got the whole production up and running. And then like the day, basically the day of the show was like, it's not happening. So Brett Perry, who was there was like, you need to get on a plane now. So I was supposed to be there for a few more days. And it was at this point, like March 13th or 14th. He was like, you should change your ticket. So I flew straight back to New York and then I was like, should I stay in Idaho? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could have stayed in Idaho for like five months after that and just had had some space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Harriet, were you there too or you were? I was not in Idaho. I was in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and we had, I believe the last thing we finished in person was the Sarah Mearns. Um, oh, with the mm-hmm. and I remember the last day of the shoot thinking it was just beginning. So I remember thinking, I think I have to take a car and not the subway anymore. Uh-huh. Right. And Uber stopped doing, um, you know, those rides were shared rides. They were like, yeah. we're done with that. And I was that like, feels okay. like it was a hundred years ago now. <laughs> yeah. I know. They, didn't, they only stopped that, you know, then, but it feels like such a relic. Like I, I'm, well, it'll never happen again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so I remember, you know, okay. Can't take shared rides. Can't take the subway. And that was the last in-person work we did with Sarah at the Joyce. Yeah. I remember Harriet and I met at this like, we, where was that Greenpoint? I yes, I think Greenpoint. And we got there, and and like everything was super weird because I had just gotten back to New York, so I didn't know like the extent of weirdness. And I remember like nobody was on the train, and I was mm-hmm. like, I probably shouldn't be down here. <laughs> and then I did that first day of like helping them into wardrobe, and then. I didn't come back for the second day of shooting because I was like, this is too bizarre. Right. And that was it. And then everything we were meant to work on over the summer went away. Mm -hmm. 
Those um, emails, those cancellation emails, one after another, mm-hmm. I remember freaking out because because I was like, okay, so no job anymore. Right. 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 No well, more and jobs. And that's no the thing jobs. too. Like, of course, jobs. of course, for dancers that are in a company, there's like that organization there, but you guys are in, you're a small business. You're in it, for, you know, just mm-hmm. for yourself. So I'm but sure also, that was terrible. I also think it's interesting because yeah. like, in theory, you could keep creating, but you mm-hmm. cannot, obviously, because like you need commissions, you need actual bodies and people to be making your work on. But I mean, that's it's a, a wholly different thing from just like, well, of course, I can't like be in a ballet with 10 people. Um, but it's, right. uh, we, we needed to kind of like we obviously don't have like and a big organization that like supports Reed and Harriet that we were like right. waiting for emails from them to be like, well, hopefully we'll start paying you in X, Y, you know, this month. It was just right. kind of like, Oh, so luckily, you know, they, they changed the rules about unemployment. So suddenly mm-hmm. we were eligible for unemployment, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of realized we needed, we're going to have to like reinvent or like think expand a little bit in terms of our own practice, like what else can we do if we're not putting clothes on bodies or like, how can we put clothes on bodies right. that are far away? Right. You know, that we can't touch. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things you guys did was the, um, the works in process virtual commission, which is so fun. And I want to talk about that. I loved it when it came out, it came out last summer, right? How did the idea come about uh, for that? Cause it's so unique and fun. Um, basically I was bored during lockdown and started TikTok <laughs> and started this series of just me lip syncing to Kim Kardashian's uh, sayings or mm-hmm. just random uh, Paris Hilton saying something. And then we got this opportunity and Reed was like, we have to do TikTok lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just seemed like it would be a waste if we didn't kind of exploit Harriet's virtuosic TikTok <laughs> skill. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I actually, we were writing this essay for Pam Tanowitz. And so I recorded a conversation between Harriet and I of us talking through our experience working with her. And, it, and I was like, you know, I can just pull excerpts from this recording and make like a short uh, piece where we'll just learn the lines that we already said. So yeah, the audio. Of an opposite. I was right, like, but I say you're, I'm going to, I want to say what you're saying and you're going to lip sync what I said. Right. And so <laughs> I am so bad at learning text. So <laughs> I literally had cue cards, like pasted up all around my aunt's guest house where I was staying in California. Um, and then, yeah. And then, then it was just this like long process of like drawing clothes onto the images from the, um, that Harriet and I had filmed ourselves in various scenarios. And then Jeremy Jacob, who's produced dance and stuff, um, kind of edited the whole thing together and put titles and made it actually look like something. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. So fun. Very yeah, mind you, we were, Reed was in California. I was in Brooklyn and we were just, we, I also had cue cards because some of them, some of the portions were very long mm-hmm. and <laughs> We both separately decided on whatever actions or poses um, in our apartments. Oh my gosh. So everybody go ahead and watch Talk Talk. It's on the YouTube. Yeah. It's I was watching it again before this and I was like, this is so good. Like I 
loved it so much. And it's really like shows your personality. And that's truly something that came out of this time that you guys would never have done something like that before. Like why? No, <laughs> you know, no. I mean, never would have done that. Yeah. And it might be a little like if you're, if you're watching it for the first time, it, it may be like hard to understand. Cause we're literally talking about like obscure dances we've done for Pam Tanowitz, but like, mm-hmm. just you turn down the volume and look at it. It's fun to look at. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> So you you guys, like everyone else, you lost a lot of commissions and, you know, pro- projects were either canceled or rescheduled. What were some of the first things that came back and, you know, mostly in a virtual format? Like what was like the first project we were like, OK, we have something to work on? Mm. Well, we we had been scheduled to um, design a solo for David Hallberg for the Met season at ABT for Pam. And I don't know if it was his like retirement, actually, I think it may have been like a kind of like retirement-y kind of thing, mm-hmm. but then that went away and then Pam started to reinvent it for their digital season. So that came back into the conversation and then City Ballet started their series of digital commissions and Pam was also commissioned to do that solo for Russell. So then those two things were happening kind of Mm -hmm. simultaneously. And then also like, it was all these things happened at the same time. Suddenly it was like, we're back in business. Right. And, and fall for dance happened at the same time where Chris Wielden was like, do you want to design costumes for David and Sarah for this duet? Mm -hmm. So that period of a few weeks, suddenly we had work, which was Mm -hmm. great. How did it affect your creative process then that you're strictly creating for film? Like, you know, you don't have to consider, or I mean, yeah, of course you consider lighting, but it's very different from stage lights or, you know, all those sorts of external factors change completely, right? Mm-hmm. Harriet, do you want to speak to that? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, actually film, film, creating for film makes us able to focus back on details. Mm-hmm. Something we had to learn when we started doing costume design Uh, was we had to remind ourselves every time that small things will not be seen on stage. Right. But now that we're back um, because of COVID, we've been doing a lot of films and there are a lot of close-ups. And so it's been nice to be able to focus on these details that we want to, we always want to, and we care about and actually have it seen. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, the audience can see all these details, which is really nice. That's so cool. Yeah. So, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't even know what I was going to say. I, I, I was just agreeing with Harriet. I was like, yeah, we, and what, what was also great was we weren't making costumes for like 12 people. We were making costumes for like one or two. So we really mm-hmm. could spend time right. focusing on like the pocket lining or, mm-hmm. you know, a belt loop or something weird like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Had you guys done any film stuff before COVID or was it just like under the umbrella of Reed and Harriet? Um, I've done like an indie film. Uh-huh. Um, Reed, did we ever do? Well, there was the Andrew Zox thing. Indie film. Yeah. Right. But that wasn't for dance. Um, dance. I don't remember okay. if we have, we don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's it's so- the COVID brain hitting, yeah. you know, that's, it's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, it's the Reed and Harriet brain of just too many projects and ten years of working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys are always 
Yeah, but you're always so busy. Was there any part of you that was like, you know, okay, I can take this as a breather? Or was it still like a little panic inducing because who knows when things are going to come back online? After after panic, after mm-hmm. panicking, because I we lost all our jobs, mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed slowing down and doing things. I've read so many books, mm-hmm. non-dance, rela- you know, ha- having nothing to do with dance. Um, even things like cultivating a physical practice where I'm not going to some class mm-hmm. has been nice. Just my own mm-hmm. um yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, it was nice to slow down. Cause after a few weeks, you know, you kind of forget about all the jobs that you're meant to be doing. You're like, mm-hmm. who, who are we going to be working for? Like now we don't work. It's fine. Right. But, um, I was also, I was starting grad school, like in the, wow. in the middle of the summer. So then I was like, I, it was really nice for me to focus only on that. Right. Yeah. So I was doing this course on zoom i was meant to be somewhere else but <laughs> um but it was great because every day was just only about only about school yeah what are you going to grad school for it's um it's crazy to say <laughs> but it's an mfa dance it's a uh-huh. dance but it's um it's a program that's designed for mid career artists who are in multiple disciplines sort of in and around dance so uh-huh. um it's a little bit misleading to say like dance. Yes, there is like, it is through the lens of dance, but like no one's dancing. So. (laughs) Uh, Harriet, what were some of the books you were reading? I'm curious. Um, Good question. Let me see. Um, I read Minor Feelings, which is by this uh, Asian American poet. Mm -hmm. Um, I read... (laughs) <laughs> she's in her library. I know. I, my, I can't remember. <laughs> it was a while ago now, I guess, huh? Yeah. So, Evelyn and I are always saying this too. We just, we have no memory anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah why, why, aren't we too young for that? No, I think it's just, you know, my mom used to say this too. It's like, you just, we have too much information. So you got to throw something else out to replace it with the new things. So there you go. Oh my God, I'm constantly throwing things away. There's so much I don't know anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also read Transcendent Kingdom, which is a good one. Oh, Michael, Rebecca, I was listening to your last episode about the um, Gavin Larson book. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so <laughs> and- good. And Michael, you were saying how various things in her book were like sparking memories that you like forgot yes. you'd even had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need that. Yeah, it's no, it's helpful. <laughs> it is. I was just like, oh wow. Or I mean, this is a total like shift here from Gavin to. Has anyone seen Pen Fifteen? Love, of course. The Pen Fifteen is so great, but that's a period of my life, and I think a lot of dancers too. Um, tend to like forget about like middle school doesn't have the same attachment for you as high school like that high school is when you go away and like go to a dorm and Mm. like embark on your new life as a dancer but like Mm. middle school is like I mean at least for me it was where I was like you know kind of bullied a little and like so that was like goodbye we'll just forget about that (laughs) and then so it it was fun to watch that show and be like oh my god this whole like period of my life that I don't have any recollection of and it's it brings it back yeah wow I was at boy choir school at that age. I don't, it was so different, but I do love that show. Yeah. <laughs> 10, 15, 10 out of 10, everyone. Yeah. 
I have a follow-up question, not related yeah. to any of that. Um, <laughs> I'm So I'm curious, when these commissions kind of started coming in, it sounds like they were happening very quickly, like there was a maybe quick turnaround, and maybe you didn't have... It's not like you were sitting at home thinking, oh, this is going to be what we're going to be doing in six months. Let me start visualizing what we want. So once like one of these virtual commissions came in, what was the turnaround time? How were you guys working? Were you seeing the dancers and fitting them? Like, How was the process different than a normal commission? Well, the, the, the David one we kind of like had in the back of our minds and maybe was the first one that came back into the picture, even though it wasn't the first one that got filmed, but mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I had been doing these kind of like green screen things and unitards for school projects. And so when Pam was like, Oh, oh it's going to be a digital thing. And she was like, Oh, and I'm involving Jeremy Jacob. He's going to direct it. And I was like, Oh, amazing. Like friends, friends. So I <clears throat> sent Jeremy, I was like, this is my idea for the costume. And I like sent this video with like weird green screen, what have you. He was like, no. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not your typical Pam Panowitz where it's up to us anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, that's interesting. Anyway. <clears throat> different, uh, different people involved or like more people involved than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause there's a director now, but Jeremy is like very specific visually. So like, he had already kind of created his own idea of the visual mood of the, of what he wanted to make. So we then did a whole different kind of research to figure out the costumes for that. But in terms of the Russell video and the fall for dance um, filming, those happened super well, especially the fall for dancing happened super fast. I feel Mm -hmm. like Chris contacted us like a two weeks before Um, and fittings were like I had to get like COVID rapid COVID um, tests and masks and shields to go into city center to do fittings with Sarah and David. Right. And, you know, if I went on stage while they were filming to like, sew a, a or like clip a thread or whatever, again, face shield mask, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the whole, the whole thing. Um, Russell's thing, because it was shot outside, like, yes, we were masked, but um, somehow there was, it felt somewhat more free. Um, and those fittings, I just did most of the fittings on myself because I was like, Russell's a little bigger than me, but like, generally this will be okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. Yeah. like we did have fittings basically during rehearsals for that mm-hmm. piece outside. Like we would go stand like behind the Henry Moore sculpture or no, the Calder sculpture by mm-hmm. the library and like have fittings right. for Russell. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, like you would just kind of adjust and like Harry and I have done a lot of weird fittings in bathrooms and in, <laughs> uh, you know, public spaces. So it was kind of like, it's okay for us. Right. 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 Yeah. That's interesting. So what was the first thing that was going to be in person in a theater? I mean, I know you've had at least one, but was your work at the Australian Valley, was that the first thing? Well, yeah, the first substantial thing. Right. <clears throat> oh, oh, no, actually, Pam Panowitz had a joy. Okay, two things. The Alfred Dance thing was in a theater, but it was just filmed. And then this Pam right. Panowitz Joyce thing was in the theater, but it was just filmed. So they were mm-hmm. theater, theater-esque. Theater pieces, but for film. Mm-hmm. Right. There was no audience. And right. so the first thing with an audience was the Australia piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So tell us about the genesis of that. Like, was that always going to happen? Like, was that just the only work that you had pre-pandemic that didn't get canceled? And then you moved into that? Or was this something that that came into the picture later? Harry, do you remember when we first learned about that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely don't remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) But it probably wasn't before. Like you weren't slated to do that before. I maybe we were. Or you were. I think we were actually probably. I don't remember if we I don't know if we knew about it before last March. Then the pandemic kind of changed certain things about it, but Right. And they were going to do another piece that we've already designed, but then that went away. Mm. So I know about that. Do you, you didn't oh, go yeah. to Finland, did you? No, no, no one went but to that, that, well, Eric and, and Trisha. Trisha went. Went. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Heatscape the ballet that Reed and Harriet designed for Miami city ballet that Rebecca and I both danced in. So mm. you guys will often go, you know, if you, you're overseeing your designs, you're not, even if you're not doing it, you go and, and you'll, if a company has licensed the work, you ensure that everything is in working order. But that did not happen in Finland, I take it. Oh, no. They've they've pushed the premiere to, I don't know when. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, they pushed yeah, it again. Pushed, but oh. Finland for us wasn't a huge change because we weren't supposed to go there anyway. We were, we were going to do all the right. things okay. virtually or via email. Um, so that mm-hmm. wasn't as big of a different you know there wasn't a difference for us right mm-hmm. have right. you guys done that before like how does that work if you don't go but you're because bef- uh, there were things that you didn't go to before pre-pandemic because you can't be everywhere at once right so how do pre-pandemic those, yeah, it was a lot of it's a lot of well, emails like photos right. via mm-hmm. emails but one of the actually one of the great things about the pandemic is that now all these ballet companies Ha- are, were forced to update sort of their technology. And so right. they have cameras at, in rehearsals. They know how to stream you into them. They know how to mm. just do a video chat, mm. <laughs> have a fitting <laughs> yeah. video chat. So I think it's great because now I feel like we don't have to travel as much to all these places to do fittings. Right. There was one, I can't remember a lot of experiences we had pre-pandemic where we couldn't be there to oversee fittings, but there was one notable experience um, with a a piece that was happening somewhere in the middle of America. And Mm -hmm. we, we basically, we never could go. They wouldn't pay for us to come. And they built this set of costumes that were a set of new designs. And it was like, it was an absolute disaster, like from start to finish. It was like, you couldn't even imagine how they turned out. Just (laughs) Mm -hmm. truly, we thought like, God, we'll never do this again. We're always going to have to be there. Like, you know, making sure people are doing things Mm -hmm. correctly. But yeah, the pandemic has showed us that it's definitely possible. We just did this this piece for Chris Wielden at PMB, totally virtually, like we never went. Basically, like even the costume makers were so far away from the dancers, it seemed, in the fittings. Like all the right. pictures were from really far away. Right. And um, so did you do a Zoom call with that and like have them in the, yeah? Lots mm-hmm. of photos, lots of Zoom calls. 
Chris was like choreographing from the balcony, you know, like it was. Right. Oh, <laughs> wait, but that's like real. Like you're not even kidding. Right. Wasn't he like far away? That, I'm I mean, not Peter kidding. Talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> For the Australian Ballet Project, um, was it a sort of back and forth where it was like, this might happen. This might not happen. Uh, it's getting pushed back. I don't know. Are we going to do it? Or was it just like. Australia kind of, is fine. Yeah. Let's do it. Australia was fine. They really were. I think because yeah. they really had their shit together with. Can you say that on this pod? You, oh, <clears throat> because they had their stuff, their, their act together with COVID in Australia. I think they. Um, I think they felt confident that it would be okay. And, and they were having success getting people work exemptions and visas to come into the country, which is really, really challenging right right now, because there's even a lot of like Australian citizens who are stranded around the world, like not able to get back into Australia. Right. (laughs) So bonkers. So what was it like to just like be in a COVID free world? Right. It's just like, seem feels normal there right i think reed you need to tell how what happened when you got there like right when you got off the plane this like the intensity of oh yeah 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 yeah. right well well a of all just start by saying like the australian ballet unfortunately was only able to bring one of us because of all of this Mm -hmm. regulations and like the extreme cost of like getting someone there and doing quarantine and all that so um we we des- we designated me to go, which was really thank you, Harriet. <laughs> I was in California, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is basically the same place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just not as far. <laughs> so, um, uh, right when you get a of all, like going through the airport to get to Australia is really scary because you have to present all this paperwork, and then they like while you're at the kiosk, they like leave you to go like talk to the administrators to be like, is this person approved to go to Australia? We have to call the Australian consulate, whatever. And then what would they even do if you weren't approved? I literally was standing at the kiosk. Like, it's okay if I don't go like that was my frame <laughs> of mind. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? Send I might not go like, yeah. this could be it. I'm just going to go back to my apartment, which is so clean right now. So, <laughs> um, so I, once I got off the plane in Australia, you, they're like, um, everyone stay in your seats. And eventually someone comes on the plane wearing a, essentially a hazmat suit. And they're like, this is going to be the procedure. You're going to follow me. We're going to do temperature checks at this point. Then you're going to have meetings with nurses. Then you're going to have meetings with military personnel. Then you're going to be escorted through baggage claim. And then the final check will be, you'll be checked through a computer system and placed on a bus and that bus is going to take you to your quarantine hotel. So literally we like single line, like filed through an absolutely empty airport international terminal. Like we were being led by someone in a full hazmat suit, face shield, like scrubs, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. We did the whole temperature check, military personnel got our bags and then they x-rayed the bags again. And then I went through the computer system and was placed on a bus. Now I, that, okay. So the bus is like basically about to leave and a military guy gets on the bus and he goes, is there someone named Reed Bartleby on this? bus?" (gasps) Yeah. And I was like, it's me. And he was like, come with me. And I was like, Oh 
my God. Can you imagine? Like, I was like, they're going to put me back on a plane. I have to go all the way back. It's going to be another like two days of my life. Oh, they're so going to shoot you out I, in the back. <laughs> I, was, I was just on the wrong bus. So they oh. just put me, uh-huh. they put me on the other bus because they'd been like counting heads. They realized they'd made an error. And so I got on the other bus and then I went into my quarantine hotel for two weeks. So how, how long was were that? You yeah. Because it's like, I, I mean, we all did that, but not Who like that. that. No, I mean, like when, when, like, I mean, at least for me, I, you did at least for me, like when we, when we went into lockdown, like Evelyn and I did not really leave our house. Mm-hmm. Like we went and got mm-hmm. groceries and stayed mm-hmm. in, in yeah. um, for a long period of time. But like, you, yeah, like that's like the government's watching you and you literally can't leave your room. Right. Right. It's like that, but there's a guard in the hallway and you can't Stop leave. It. Yeah, Stop it. He didn't have a key and he, oh, couldn't no. open, he couldn't open the door more than like a few inches to get food or something. I, I could open the door to grab the bag of food that they'd leave at the door. At would they like? Is that was was that really like a regimented like you get food at two and seven? It wasn't so. It was specific by like you'll get one bag. Wait, how did it work? You get one bag kind of in the early afternoon, which would be lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no. You get one bag in the early afternoon, which would be lunch. And then in the late afternoon, you get two more bags, which would be dinner and breakfast for the next day. Mm-hmm. So basically you could like, if you're an early riser, you have your breakfast already ready for you to eat. Right. So this is really important for me to know. Okay. Are you allowed to order things? Like, are you just getting like, yes. you get what you get? Okay, okay. You were able to order. You can <laughs> order from the grocery store. Oh, okay. You can also like, there's various takeouts you could have ordered, which I did not. And I, you could also order from Amazon because I did order some craft supplies. Okay. Every time we would FaceTime, we would have like some new crap. He'd have, he'd have like <laughs> a cleaner necklace on and he'd be like, look what I made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was well, going to yeah. say, I mean, how did, yeah. how did you pass time? Like well, that. the first, the first week I was really good because I was like, I made myself a schedule. I was doing some schoolwork. I would exercise every morning. And then like, I would, th- I would like turn the meals kind of into an event. I'd like mm-hmm. set the table, you know, like I, I made it into a kind of ritual each day that, so it, the time would pass quicker and Pam who was upstairs she had, been, she got there a week before me, but we mm-hmm. overlapped a week in the hotel. Mm-hmm. She would call me on the landline in the hotel. We would talk for like an hour oh, every day. Fun. Yeah. And every day around like 11 AM that their staff calls up the medical staff to be like, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And like, how's your mental state? So Not great. Right. That's <laughs> there was always someone to talk to if like things were getting bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this weird time in Australia, which happens around four or 5 PM where you realize that everyone, you know, on earth is asleep. Like they have to be. And that is like, when you're like, I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> 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 like it's so lonely in this room and there's literally nobody to talk to. Right. Um, and but, that's when you make pipe cleaner bracelets. That's when you make right. pipe cleaner bracelets or you, uh, I started I saved the crown season four to watch whilst in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I also, for some strange reason, watched those three star Wars movies with Natalie Portman, which are so bad. Yeah. They're not so bad. Yeah. (laughs) They're so long, which is why, which was perfect. That was ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Did you have access to alcohol 
That's important. <laughs> well, Michael, as you know, I don't drink. I know, but if you needed to, <laughs> you would you have? Been oh, you. To- oh, for I think so. I okay. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. good to know. That's important. So then, once you were released, what was the? Um, was it just like totally normal working conditions? How were you involving Harriet? Was Harriet zooming in? What was going on? Oh yeah, um, it was fairly normal. I. I, I left the quarantine hotel and flew straight to, cause I was in Sydney and then I flew to Melbourne where they have the ballet center and then work commenced and very normal at the ballet center. People were unmasked. The costume shop was business as usual. The dancers were rehearsing business as usual. Fittings were happening in person. Um, and I was communicating with Harriet via um, images and FaceTime. And we had already, Harriet and I zoomed into preliminary fittings. So we already had a sense of what was going on together via Zoom. And then I was able to kind of share things in more explicit detail with Harriet once I arrived. Gotcha. That's so wild. I mean, did you have a moment where you were just like triggered at all by the normalcy? Well, the first time I like w- went into like a shop Mm -hmm. or like a grocery store. I just was, I felt very naked without my mask on everywhere I went. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I kept having to remind myself, like, I don't have to wear my mask. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was, it was crazy to see people not wearing masks. I bet. I mean, already has anyone tried not wearing their mask outside now that it's CDC approved? (laughs) I just heard that. Yeah. Approved. Yeah, as of yesterday, back. as of yesterday, yeah. If you're if you're fully vaccinated, they say you don't need to wear a mask outside anymore right. unless you're in a crowd. Right. I feel like but, I'm already. I don't have my second shot yet. Okay. I get it in a week. Yeah. So, to me, it feels like a security blanket. Like I don't. Right. Get well, I would. I don't know. I just. I don't want people. I, it's, yeah. I mean, part of the mask culture is that you can't. You don't know if someone's vaccinated or not. So it's like mm-hmm. sort of like moral support like we're in this together but oh yeah you know but and i think we're all judging people who aren't wearing masks outside so like to be that person you're like oh god well today i went to go get a bagel and i just had it on my chin and this person looked at me like i was a bioterrorist and so (laughs) (laughs) um you know i want people to know that i have it and then if i walk inside of course you know just so they know i'm not but wait i'm not just gonna go to the bagel store and be like you was know, the bagel serve. store inside, Michael? You went inside with a basket on your chin? No, 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 no. I'm saying on the walk like over because uh-huh. I was saying now this is allowed. Like I see, you know, I see, I see. I, I had it on my chin, so like you know, if for some reason I got like stuck in a crowd, I could immediately pull up. Mm. Very guys, weird adjusting to these things. Florida is different. I know Florida is a different. I'm like, beat. what are you guys no, talking about? No laws. Anyway, wow. so I guys, was, yeah, go ahead. what comes next? What are you up to now? What do you have in-person things planned? Things are slowly starting to return to normal. What's next, Harriet? Something is next. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bard. Summer stage Bard Pam Tanowitz. We're awesome. going. We're, we're going on Monday it's an outdoor piece mm-hmm. and for a site visit. So we're going on up to Bart on Monday. That's yeah, awesome. We're going to look at the space. I'll, and we, in May we have, um, we're dressing six dancers for this Kotzbahn outdoor um, event with a pianist that Garen Scribner's producing. Um, so that's another thing we're, we're kind of 
No, we're we're styling it more than designing it. We're like lending out costumes. Okay. Um, We've actually uh, done a couple of those during COVID. Yeah. People just, um, you know, since resources are limited, time is limited, we've been kind of repurposing the collection of thing, costumes we have in our studio, mm-hmm. um, you know, styling pieces for uh, dancers. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. of these things do you guys keep? Because, of course, like if a company, um, you know, commissions a ballet, they generally make the costumes, keep the costumes. How many of these things do you, like you're saying, have in your studio? We have uh, like a random assortment of samples, which would be mm-hmm. like the the piece that we make like to test out the waters when, once we do a design. So okay. we have a number of samples, some of which are very strange. And then we have a few sets of costumes that have been made um, for kind of event-based work. So um, it just means like part of the deal will, will be that we get to keep the clothes because it'll mm-hmm. be like a one-off thing and they won't need the costumes for the future of the dance. So mm-hmm. we'll say like, well, yes, we'll do this and we're going to keep the costumes. And generally people are kind of happy about that. Cause like, what are they going to do right. with the costumes? So mm-hmm. yeah, we weirdly, and also we have all of our pieces from the two Guggenheim shows that we've done. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and the museum of art and design show the white dresses piece. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I love those costumes. I mean, I still think about, I mean, when you post things on Instagram, I just think about that show. It's such a special show. I love Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, bring it back. We'll bring it back. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Um, I want to talk about your Serenade Research Project. Tell, tell us more about that. I, I don't Yeah. I, I, I don't know much about it. So all I saw so, was that it, you wrote on Instagram a moment and I was like, oh, what? I want I'm, so I this, to So you're going to, you're going to absolutely be obsessed in one second, Michael. Okay. So, I'm so ready. Um, Pam's piece, which is called Watermark, after the score by Caroline Shaw that she was choreographing to in Australia, was on a program between Serenade and uh, Four Temperaments. Mm -hmm. So Pam's kind of impulse going into choreographing the piece was like, I know where I'm situated on the program, and that's sort of all I know. Uh So she was like, I'm going to look at Serenade and kind of reverse the casting so that the men in the company are working more on something. Mm-hmm. So it was like 14 men and three, three women in her mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. And then that was kind of all that Harry and I had to go on when we were starting our research. So we were like, let's look at Serenade, the history of. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to Linda Murray and we got like every photo that existed from the history of Serenade starting, you know, from the very first rehearsals and performance in Connecticut or at mm-hmm. that estate or Westchester, wherever that mm-hmm. was. And um, and with all those images, we started to kind of lean into various details. And I watched um, Alistair and Robert's lecture from mm-hmm. the library about Serenade and learned about um, kind of the physical trajectory and the design trajectory of the dance from the 30s to present. Mm-hmm. And that was like more inspiration than we could have ever hoped for, for designing right. a set of costumes for Serenade. It became really meaningful because we we're also designing the set for Pam's piece. Right. Cool. And we use this image from a, a like 1950 or 51 production from Denmark um, taken by this, like someone who was more of like a sports photographer named Mogens von Haven. And we got rights <laughs> from this museum in um in Copenhagen, that that's like the Hans Christian Andersen Museum, but they mm-hmm. also have have um, Mogen 
von Mogens von Haven's work. Mm-hmm. And so we got the rights to use this photo and had it painted onto a scrim. And, um, and it was a, like obscured in the way that we, we presented the scrim, but it was this beautiful kind of transition to, to move the show from Serenade into Pam's universe. Right. That's awesome. I love that. I, I love that like Pam, I mean, she's so smart and I love her awareness and the way that she brings in these historical components, like what she did with Graham, you know, it, it's always like she's able to make these things, you know, they are referencing a past that she reveres, but it's always still very much her own voice. Totally. Um, I love that. Yeah, and I, we really did that for these costumes, the watermark costumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reference. Harriet, tell some, tell some of the details. Um, for instance, while we were researching and looking through all those photos, uh, at one point, Serenade had capes. It's yeah, we love the Serenade capes. Yeah, yes, so I've seen uh, we made little, our version sort of of those capes mm-hmm. uh, for Pam's piece. Um, there's also this kind of intertwining uh, motif that we really liked on a, I believe it was a men's costume. Mm-hmm. Kind of still exists on the men's neckline in Serenade, that oh, like right. braid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had it, printed or, or applied to the back of the men's costume. So cool. And then we took the diagonal waistline from like the current Kurinska costumes right. and like did that on the, on the jumpsuits mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, it was like, there were so many amazing things we wanted to explore from the history of Serenade. We could do mm-hmm. like five more pieces based on right. that research. Is there another, I know you guys, so you, you are invested in dance history and um, you like, sort of like historical moments. Is there another piece that you would like to sort of delve into the history of in the same way? I don't know. Why don't you tell us, Michael? What should we do? I don't know. <laughs> we, we, always, we always kind of, we were, were into, um, what do you call it? Ru- like, what is that called? You know, with rubies, emeralds. Jewels. Jewels, jewels. Jewels, jewels, jewels. Well, yeah, we, that's, there's this, you know how like there was there was sort of talks of there being a sapphires. Oh yeah, yeah. And with Millie and Arthur. Mm-hmm. With Millie and Arthur to like Schoenberg music, I believe. Mm-hmm. And which would have been so strange in the yes. context of Jules. Yeah. But I, I mean kind of amazing. And Jules would have been 17 hours, but yeah. I, you know, yeah. here for it. But, but the best that 17 would be, hours. I think that'd be a really fun kind of research project for Harry and I to like yeah. look to all the like details that are consistent through the three existing jewels and like use use the like try to imagine what it would have been, mm-hmm. sapphires. Yeah. I love that. Do you think there's any preliminary thoughts it couldn't have been right it didn't i don't get think that there's far. any like preliminary design thoughts but i absolutely could be wrong and someone who listens to your podcast is going to be like Might i saw us- it in the library <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll let them know Ugh, i miss the library the library's not open right yeah no um you can get materials from the library you just have to like uh, i don't know if you're allowed to go in sometimes you're, there has been like a moment where you were allowed in but you can definitely get materials via the internet is that right. what it's called Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so before we let you guys go, tell us, um, plug your podcast, dance and oh, stuff. Yeah. What's going on with that? Are you guys doing a transition? What's happening there? Well, Jack and Jeremy, after episode 200, which was two weeks ago, we're like, we are, we no longer want to do the podcast for the time being. We need a break from the podcast, which I'm like, I really respect that. And I'm going to go on Um, because like, I love, I actually love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts and I understand like the need to, 
to, to, to be with that person every week, even if mm-hmm. you don't know them. Mm-hmm. So episode 201 was Harriet. And I'm sure I feel like it was, we had a really good response to that. And so hopefully Harriet will be back more frequently because she's an incredible co-host. Yeah. And was, um, I love that. Episode. So it might have to just become like what's going on with really? Reed and Harriet and stuff. I love that. <laughs> Um, so my mom, I've told you this read, right? How big of a fan my mom is of, of you and Jack. There's like nothing that scares me more than moms who listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she said exactly what you said. It's like the need for, it's like, it feel, you, the, the hosts start to feel like your friends, you yeah. know? And so having that, you know, to look forward to every week is, is a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to just um, absolutely thief your audio for this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We could do that. We've done that before uh, cross promotion. That's can... true. It's true. <laughs> well, we hope um, that all of our listeners definitely check out. Dan go check you stuff. out and listen yeah. to all 201 episodes. Yeah. Oh my God. You have even more than that. Oof. I don't we know do. where we're at we now, do. but yeah. And I've only listened to about three of them. So... <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's over here editing them all, listening to them all. Yeah. How many do we have? Hang oh, on, I'm gonna look. You have a lot. I've listened to a lot of your episodes. You're you would listen. You're... We appreciate it. We appreciate your support. Rebecca, would do never... you have to fix the sound too? Like, do you try to clean it up? Sure do. Oh no, I'm sorry. Wait, I Rebecca, I might these, I like... might call you about like tips and tricks let's do it i think that sounds Uh, great um this will be episode 226 but then we have some bonus ones in there too yeah we've done a lot a little bit congratulations congrats Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) all right well reed and harriet thank you so much for checking in with us it's so great to see your faces over zoom and we'll be watching what comes up next for your costume design and the pod because we're definitely interested in all of that oh that was an iconic um what's it called i want to call it an extraduction what's an ending send off outro outro outro? Outro. beautifully done (laughs) thank you iconic outros by rebecca (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys thanks guys we love you bye bye